how many of you sat back and mapped out your community of people and given some real thought to whether or not these people are who you'd like to have in your life? Welcome to season two of Clarity Cafe, our safe space to get some clarity on life. We are in deep gratitude for all of you who have been joining us on this adventure. And we are overwhelmed by the support and participation of our Clarity community. Thank you. So one of the fun things is uh, we have dug in and created new Mindset Hacking Tools course, of which a portion of it is free, and you can find it at claritycafepodcast.com. So go check it out. These are tools that are going to help you learn to ground, learn to center, and really change or hack your mindset the foundational tools that will allow you to have a daily practice of quick, active meditation and be able to access grounding yourself, centering your mind at any point during your day. These aren't things that you need to do for, you know, two, three hours. It's not some huge meditation practice. It's an active meditation that you can do in the blink of an eye. So go over there, Clarity Cafe podcast and check it out. Here we are in season two. So in our last season, we shared some tools for healing and upgrading your mindset. And this season, we're going to add two more themes of building our community and improving our communication. In life, it's important to be surrounded by a supportive community of people. And communication is at the epicenter of how we do that. So let's kick this season off with a conversation about community and how it can help us. What is a community? Well, by a simple definition, it's a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Often, though, we end up as adults surrounded by a community of people who have come into our lives like this hodgepodge of different places. We've got people from work and school, people that our parents knew and that our friends know, and so we know them too. But like, how many of you sat back and mapped out your community of people and given some real thought to whether or not these people are who you'd like to have in your life? You have a choice, a choice of who you allow to be in your inner circle, of who you consider in your community. And one thing we used to say is uh, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Just because someone happens to be a relative, it doesn't mean they're in your inner circle. They might be. Many of us are very close to our relatives. For some people, it's more of a created family through common interests, as we were discussing, and and support. So one of the first things to think about in community that I like to always remember is don't get wrapped around the axle about the fact that your family maybe isn't who you imagine to be your perfect community. And so you get to choose whether or not they're in your inner circle and how you spend your time and how you spend your support based on, you know, how that feels to you in in your community. There's sort of a valuable exercise of even drawing a picture of your community where you put yourself in the middle. And if that feels like kind of egocentric to you, sit down and draw that on a piece of paper because you are the center of your of your world and your life and your community is all the surrounding things that are that make that rich tapestry of what your life is. But you're really in the center of it. So it's important to acknowledge that 
And then just write down in circles around you, what are all the communities that you happen to live in? What kind of hobbies do you have? Is it, you know, something around uh, animals? Do you do horseback riding or do you do dog training? And then there's your work community. And then there might be your yoga community or your running community, your fitness community. And you can even make the bubbles different sizes based on how how much of a uh, importance and how much time they take up in your life and look at that and say, is that really how I want that? Or would I like to have my yoga community over here be a little more important and maybe my work community be a little less important? It's just an interesting way to sort of visually represent those things. Um, examples that I think are of community that people are, where places where people are finding community now more than ever is, is online. Um, you know, we certainly have all figured out how to do many of our tasks online, whether it's grocery shopping or working or uh, playing games or whatever. Um, but there's also wonderful support online. I mean, I, I personally am, am use online communities, uh, particularly around some of the health challenges I've had to be in a double organ transplant and also having had COVID and having a few long haul, remaining long haul symptoms from those, being able to get data and also get unconditional support, no judgment kind of places. And so I, I really love how respectful in these online communities where I participate, that it's not just the administrators of these communities, but the community that polices itself. And offers support. And when people aren't supportive, they get sort of disciplined and trained by the community. That's not a kind thing to say. We're here all here to support each other. How can we support you too? So that's, yeah, I think a, a really valuable, whether you're in person or whether you're online, is is that is feel that feeling of mutual respect is a really important part of community and feeling not judged. So when we're, you know, just going about our life, it's kind of an interesting question to ask. Is, am I doing this because it really adds what I want into my life, which is more joy and more kindness, um, you know, more a sense of service? Maybe I want to volunteer. Maybe there's a whole community of, of volunteering that I sort of neglected because I got so busy at work. I want to start to balance that back out again and do things that we're doing because we really want to and love to do versus a sense of obligation. Um, it's easy to fall into that sense of obligation mindset. And some of the other um, uh, characteristics of communities that I think are interesting to talk about is that most of the what we do in our life on a daily basis, just by virtue of the fact this is how life works, are transactional. We have something and we want something and there's an exchange in energy and or in currency um, and in other ways. But in community... It's there's no we're not keeping track of that in our heads. We're just there to support. So whether it's, you know, we go to a, a reading group or a knitting group or a soccer group of parents and kids, we're all there to support each other and not to have in mind that this is a transactional situation. And the last thing about communities that I think is really important is that they're really safe places. Um, and that is so critical for us to feel that we're in some place safe with other people and that the support we get is unconditional and that we can just relax and be safe. And that puts us into that parasympathetic mode where we're able to have more fun and to learn better and then bring that out into the rest of our life. You know, spending time with the community is enriching so that we can then go out and do all the other things in our lives and then come back to the community and share. 
communities are awesome. And I think communication is one of the key things in communities that we find ways to communicate with each other in non-judgmental ways from a position of neutrality. Yeah, thanks for that, Barb. So we're talking about more macro communities. Um, well, and then you did talk about some smaller communities. Now I'm going to go super micro, which is to talk about buddies and having a buddy system. So really important to have communities that are large cast nets, um, smaller nets of community. And then those people closest to us are buddies and having a buddy system that we can check in with and connect more frequently and have sanity checks with different aspects of our lives. And I know that for me at times in my life, I had had some people that I checked in with that they were really habit for me to check in with them, but not necessarily healthy for me. So I could have people in my life that as I began to curate different relationships, people that I would check in with and they were just like negative or they'd be fine and be sweet. And then all of a sudden they would just like throw out something majorly judgmental or make me just feel like not good about myself, especially when I was younger. And it was really important for me the day I kind of woke up and went, wait a minute. I never feel good when I get off the phone with this person just because it's family or was a friend from school in an earlier part of my life doesn't mean they need to be a friend going forward. So curating our communities is a really important thing to do. Then kind of in a fun way, if we take it to a buddy system, I do a lot of dog training and dog sports and I have people in that dog training community that I know in the general, like bigger sense when we're at trials and stuff, I recognize them and see them and wish them good luck and things like that. But then there's these smaller group of people. They're my buddies that I check in with when I run up against something um, with a dog or a dog behavior that's outside of my expertise, or I've thought it's one way and I've applied the appropriate behavior modification training and it didn't work. And and why do they think or what are they seeing that might be a reason for why this dog is behaving this way? Now, it can be a major modification like the dog rescue that we do. We got a lot of German shepherds that can come in with different behaviors and things and we're trying to work those out. Or it can be like specific to we do competitive scent detection or nose work. And I love to show my videos, my trial videos and watch my friends trial videos and see like, oh, the dog did this. Why did I miss that cue? Or, oh, the dog did that. I don't understand that cue. And then having somebody else objectively look back who I trust their level of training to be able to be that buddy for me can be really helpful. So when we think about community, and we'll talk a little bit later about this community map that we're going to do, uh, which Barb's kind of already alluded to, but it's good to know from a broad sense who we've got and then, you know, making sure that when we have our smaller set of buddies, that we keep people where they're effective. Uh, and what that means is let's not expect everything from a small number of people. So if my mom is somebody I check in with, I might ask her opinions about what just happened in that family event, for example. But I'm not going to ask my mom about dog training stuff. Because that's not her area of expertise. And whatever she's got to say is likely not the kind of information that I need. So let's look at our expectations with our buddies and our buddy systems and make sure that we're expecting the right type of things out of them. Like if I need relationship advice or communication advice or checking in, did I come across in the way that I had hoped with someone else? I'm going to use a buddy who's good at relationships and good at communication 
to ask them their opinion of my behavior to get that neutral view, as opposed to someone who's super defensive is never wrong and can't possibly entertain the fact that they might have not been the nicest person or communicating the best in that time. So let's be fair in our expectations and keep people where they're effective. All of those are very good points, how we actually find that support in individuals in our lives. And and so it's really important to have buddies in all different aspects of our lives that we can use as mirrors. And then we can also just use as unconditional support or somebody we can call up and just say, you're going to appreciate the humor in this situation. If you try to tell somebody a funny story, but it's out of their context, then you've kind of wasted it. But it's so wonderful to share those moments with your buddy. We do that a lot, don't we, Barb? We do do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a Clarity Cafe trademark. <laughs> we totally do. <laughs> yeah. And I value that very much. I do too. It's so important. And it and it can often, you know, when we talked last season about feeling overwhelmed or feeling anxious. It's the, to me, it's the shortest and most fun path for, to get out of just any kind of a funkadelic mood you might find yourself in because of something that just happened that you got triggered about is just talk to your buddy and they'll tell you something funny that just happened and then poof, you're back in your state of neutrality. So, Well, Barb, actually, let's take a little diversion there for just a minute because I think it'd be really fun for us to just talk about some of those qualities, just even in our conversations that what, what are the qualities of those conversations? So for example, I call you up with something that's pretty intense for me. It's not like you're going to just laugh it off immediately, but definitely you're present for what it is that I have to say and my emotions and I trust you and I know that you want the best for me while also if there's a side or an aspect of a, a situation that I haven't seen or hasn't been clear to me, you're going to bring that up. So you're not holding back the truth, even though you do want the best for me, but there's a foundation and a quality of trust there. And I think that that's when we talk about the nature of those close-knit buddy relationships, that's never a question we think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is always a fun thing. You know, the first level of needs are like basic survival and then emotional survival and then sort of like mental health survival. And so in the case of our conversations, I already know you want the best for me. I know you're going to be honest with your feedback and you're going to acknowledge my feelings. You're not going to try to ever talk me out of them. But also if there's something that's been a repeated pattern or something that comes up or somebody said something off the wall that's just ridiculous, we're going to get a good giggle out of that because we feel safe to do so. I don't feel emotionally threatened if I'm going to call you and talk to you about something, right? I feel safe to be like, oh, yeah. And then this person said that. And while it may have been super hurtful when that person said that to me, in the moment that I tell you, we bust out laughing because it's the most ridiculous thing to be said. Right. And and now as a result of that, you just got rid of all that triggered energy and all of that feeling of upset. And then we're both in a better place than we were because we've sort of processed through that. And every time that we process something, if it's you calling me with something that's happened potentially stressful in your life, I'm actually having matching pictures and or matching experiences of realizing, oh yeah, then that happened, then that happened. And and a lot of this is just story and triggers based on, you know, previous things that have happened in all the players' lives. And life's a stage and, you know, we're all actors. 
And at some point, there is something funny about it, and it's a divine comedy. You know, we end up actually uh, recognizing that within ourselves and being able to share it with other people. But that's only possible in that in that environment of you know deep one hundred percent trust and safety. And and a lot of times, by the time you get to the end of a story, you realize how absurd it is. Mm -hmm. But you can't realize that if you're just telling it in your head. But you can realize it if you're telling it to your buddy. And getting the feedback and the experience of of a full communication. And sometimes that's just the best way to resolve things is to get out of our head into that feeling of community. And when that thing is out on the table, it's funny. You could at least say, I can be neutral to that now. Yeah, because in those sort of circumstances, for example, if you call me with something, I may not jump into the emotional basket that you've been sitting in for X amount of time before you called, right? So I'm sitting on the side of the pool saying, hey, I see you're floating in there. And over here, I didn't realize that your life raft was the, you know, the shape of a unicorn or that you're on a pool floaty that's a unicorn or a frog or, you know, so someone being in the pool and someone being out of the pool allows that perspective. And you're right. When we're no longer alone in it, you might be over there wondering if you're drowning and actually you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the three foot zone. I can touch the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I have an inner tube. Everything's cool. And it's in the shape of a frog or a chicken. And I like those things. Hey, just push that floaty over here. Okay. Hey, did you know you can touch the ground? Yeah. So I think that's just a little bit to share an insight on our relationship, but also I'm not saying that your relationship should be the same, but I think it is good to notice what the qualities are and see if that's something that's adding to your life. Um, there are people that are mostly in my past uh, because I just found eventually that it wasn't helpful to have them around. And, that, and honestly, a good number of those are family members where their responses or their approach to things didn't leave me in a place that was better off than had I not called. And I think that's the first criteria. And then the next level of sort of cleaning out was like, well, then, okay, maybe I'm not worse off, but am I, do I feel any better having had the conversation with this person? Probably not. Well, then that's the next level of weeding people out of the buddy system. It doesn't mean you can't have them in your life. It's just be realistic with your expectations when you call them. So you might call them to talk about the weather or you feel obligated to keep them in your life because they're family or they're friends or whatever your reasons are, but then allow that relationship to be at the level that it's at, which may not be these deeper emotional levels. And that's okay because when you, when we allow people when we allow our expectations to be in alignment with the relationship's capabilities, then we have the freedom to not be disappointed because our expectations of how they should be in relationship to the conversation or in relationship to us in our lives is in alignment. It's at the appropriate level. Yeah, there's one other point about community, which I, I think is I've really noticed as I've gone through various stages of working at home, uh, depending on kind of what my jobs have been over the years and also, you know, depending on whether offices were open or whatever is that is that we have these buddies and we have these close communities and then there's just ways that we create community spontaneously. And I noticed that people, you know, like to go into a coffee shop even if everyone is sitting with their own computer with their headphones on and they're, you know, doing their art, 
project or they're, you know, they're studying or they're working on a project for work, but there's a community experience of we're all working and we're part of people that like to be in a group. So sitting at a coffee shop and then your buddy may come in and now you have that intense community. Or even if you're just, uh, you know, when you go to the grocery store and, and you recognize the clerk and you talk about, you start learning about their family and, and they become this pleasant part of your community where you can have an exchange and feel very safe in it. And it's not that level of intimacy, but it's still, as you go through your day, adding to your energy and adding to your happiness and joy. Just how do you find more of those little instant communities as you move through the world? I think can can really dictate how your overall life experience is. I mean, we learn this when we travel a lot, right? You meet people in Barcelona and you hang out with them for a couple of weeks and, and then you may never see them again, but you have these great memories of being with them. So always being open to the existing communities you have and that new communities can present themselves at any moment can be really enriching, whether even if they're just for one or two interactions or if they're for a lifetime of relationship. Thank you for bringing that up, Barb. It's fun to think about being in the present moment and whatever community is around us in that present moment. could be we're in a coffee shop, and so that's our community. And the next thing you know, you go to a sports event, and that's our community. On the way home, we may call someone and talk to them, and that's our community. And having our expectations in alignment with whatever the community with us or around us in that moment can provide and not expecting things from different communities that may or may not be able to meet our expectations. So we have a sample on Clarity Cafe podcast of a mind map where you can build out your ideal community. First is to do it and build out the community you have so you can take a look at it. Then the next step would be to build one with your ideal community and use that sort of as a thing for your vision board. If you go to Clarity Cafe podcast, you will see a link there and you can write the names of people in your mind map when you can write the qualities you're looking for and see kind of where you have your bases covered. What type of community do you have a bunch of and what types of community do you have, you know, need to build out or grow or develop? So that'll be a fun exercise and we'd love to hear about it uh, on Facebook or Insta. So tell us what kind of additions or subtractions are you looking to make in your community? On our next episode, we'll be exploring communication because you know what? It is not what you're saying. Often it's how and the tone behind what you're saying, because if you're stressed out or you think you're keeping all that stress inside and bottled up and that you might be walking around super triggered and you think you've got it all under control, guess what? It is not a secret. We can hear it in your voice. And the person you're talking to, where are they at? And what level are they receiving the information? Because they might be sitting there in a lot of pain, mentally, physically, emotionally, and we might need to be cutting them a break. So we're going to take a look at that and do a little exploration on our communication. Thank you for joining us today in the Clarity Cafe. And as always, take the helpful information that works for you, leave what doesn't, and share what helps you with the people you love. Until next time, enjoy recreating your community and what it can bring to your life. Be well.